Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, uh, officially called the Next Level Worship Podcast. That just simply means we're trying to figure this thing out called worship. More importantly, we're trying to live it. And that's a uh, that's a daily challenge for me. Uh, but welcome to this uh, this time. We always love getting to do it, and I'll tell you why. One of the reasons I enjoy it so much is I get to uh, introduce you to some of my my dearest friends and also people that are that can help all of us understand how to live this life of worship better. I am speaking of Dr. Sam Green right now, right here in the house. Uh, Dr. Sam, would you say hello to everybody? Hello, Dwayne, and hello, listeners. Yeah. Nice to be chatting with my friend Dwayne today. Oh, so glad, man. We're so glad to do that. Uh, now, Sam, you're at Treveca uh, mm-hmm. University. It, it's right. maybe actually officially titled Nazarene University? Yeah, Treveca Nazarene University in Nashville, Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee, right. And uh, I've had the, the privilege to come up there and, and, and eat a really good meal that you treated us to. Uh, and, and I think you called it the President's Room, right? I've got to tell you, you know how to make a nice first impression uh, on a guy. But, um, man, just love what you're doing up there and, and, and love your, your heartbeat for it from what I can see. And we don't know each other's heart, but every, all your evidence that, that you displayed makes me go, uh, this is the kind of guy that I want to um, learn from and be around. So, and, and also, uh, I love the program that I, I see you guys are building there uh, for worship students. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so for our listeners, those listening, you and I have already kind of mapped this out, but they don't know this yet. So we're going to let them in on what we're thinking about here. <laughs> I like to tell them up front so they can make a decision right now. They're going to keep on listening. Well, I can do tell you, do yourself a favor and listen, because Sam's going to share some things with us that's going to help us. But some things we're going to be talking about today, uh, not only about his school and the vision for his school. But Sam, I'm going to ask you to tell us, uh, man, what, what are the concerns for schools reopening and, you know, what's coming up this fall with COVID? Sure. Another thing I, that I've asked uh, uh, Sam to talk about is uh, his own journey. Uh, we've all got one, but Sam, you got some real unique uh, turns in, along the way that from, from what you shared with me in the past that, you know, your calling didn't hit like a lightning bolt, uh, but, but God confirmed it in your life. So we're going to be talking about that. And, and whatever else this, this, this highly educated man of God wants to speak about. How about that? So, uh, man, welcome, welcome, welcome. Can I pray for us? And uh, then we'll just launch into some conversation here. All right. Uh, let's pray for our listeners, too. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you so much for Sam and his friendship. God, I'm just really honored uh, that, that he would give us some time today. And uh, I know he has a lot of preparation happening. Uh, this is the, the beginning of July, basically. And uh, they'll be starting their classes very soon. And I know he's got a lot on his plate. But, God, we pray for the conversation we're about to have. We, we pray for the listeners listening right now uh, that have a lot of things on their plate. So they could be listening to other things, and they've chosen to give some time here. Thank you. May it be encouragement. May it be informative. May it be inspirational. Uh, maybe, hey, even convicting. How about that word? Uh, nobody really likes that word, but we need it sometimes. So, God, uh, lead us our conversation. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's start with uh, who in the world is Sam Green? How do, what do you want us to know about you, man? Tell us, tell us about your family. Tell us whatever you want to share. All right. Well, um, Sam is a 54-year-old right. and uh, been in ministry, actually local church ministry, for 34 years. So I've always considered myself bivocational. Never been full-time in uh, worship ministry, 
but it is definitely a calling in my life, and I'm thankful to live that calling out. Been in Christian higher education at Trevecca Nazarene University for uh, 22 years, completed year 22, and uh, currently serve as uh, the director of the Center for Worship and uh, yeah. the chairman of the, the worship department. And so my, my passion is to be able to take even what I do Sunday to Sunday as a minister and then also speak that into the lives of future ministers. As students who are called themselves into a lifetime of serving the Lord. And how that might look is unique for every individual. It but, is. Uh, that's really where my passion is. So. I, I remember that when we sat down in, uh, over lunch in Nashville, uh, this was before the president's room lunch at the campus. In, uh, but uh, the first time we really talked, uh, I, I heard a little bit about that calling and, and, and your unique perspective on that. So yeah. we're looking forward to hearing about that. But thank you for the way you pour into students, man. Well, thank you. It's, it's, a, it's a humbling experience to, to be able to work with students that I deeply love on, a, on an individual, personal basis, but then to see how their stories are unfolding, those after they graduate, and to see where so many of them are ministering in full-time capacities, but also many in part-time capacities. Okay. Uh, but they're, they really are living out their calling, so that's, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to work in that area. Yeah, well, you know, you're not that far from Huntsville, Alabama, where I am. So maybe you can recommend a couple of guys down here because right now I know like three churches, I think, that are needing uh, bivocational people. And you mentioned that mm -hmm. word. I love you. You even said yourself that you've not really been quote full time in in the way we interpret and define that. Man, there's such a need for godly, well equipped bivocational worship leaders, and and there's not a lot of them around. At least I, I right now I, I'm I'm struggling to recommend to these churches someone honestly yeah. and so thank you for preparing uh you know whatever role they you know as far as whether it's full-time or part-time it's i guess for me i just i just want to make sure it's, it's it's a calling you know that they sense That's that right. calling to it and then they'll rise to the level of whatever commitment they need to get it done well and, you know, that's actually one of the first courses we uh, require of our students is for them to, in a sense, grapple or deal with their calling. Because really? ministry, ministry is, uh, it is a calling and it's not a career. A career, and I teach this, but a career, you kind of have, you go from point A to point B, you get a degree maybe, and then that'll take you to point C. There's a ladder to it. Ministry is so much deeper than that. I mean, as a calling, it's something that the Lord is leading you into, not for professional growth, because that is very much, uh, that's, and it's not a bad thing for, for those at a career, but if, if, you, if you view the church in that way, then you start viewing, well, if I'm at this smaller church for the first couple of years, then I can move up. That's really no different than just kind of seeking a career. So that's why it's very important to, to understand first, are you, or ask the question and answer it, are you called into ministry or do you just see this as something you can do? Huge difference. Man, I think, I think we're all ready for you just to, to unpack all the teaching in that, but we don't, we don't have that kind of time. And we, we got to sign up and pay for those kind of classes. Those are too important. But if we could get a taste of it today, just a little appetizer, because we all need to be reminded. I mean, those of us who are in our 50s need to be reminded that there was a point in our life when we were called. There may be people in their 20s listening that, Still not sure what the calling is. Now you've got a unique uh, story about it. So, yeah, you know, 
for me, I was one of those uh, high schoolers who I grew up in Indiana, uh, yeah. southern Indiana, Seymour, Indiana, actually, also the hometown of Johnny Cougar Mellencamp. Uh, but yeah. In, yes, yes. Uh, good rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when I was probably, I guess, a sophomore in high school, I was leading as an evangelist at uh, Revivals. And my brother, Tim, who is actually uh, uh, the, the uh, dean of the School of Religion at Trebekah, and he's been there longer than I have, but he I was preaching. So he was preaching. I was singing. We were like this little, you know, yeah. dynamic yeah. duo of brothers. Yeah. Um, and I just did it because it was, it, the Lord had gifted me. People recognized those gifts, affirmed those gifts in me. Opportunities came open. Right. And I never really felt this, this lightning bolt, like God saying, you are called to music ministry. But uh, in my mind, I always thought, you know, and this is just me talking to Dwayne and the rest of the people listening. But I thought, ooh, because back in the day, back in the late 70s and 80s, Evangelists, music evangelists traveled around a lot, a whole lot, and I always thought, I want to do that because I want to have that nice big bus camper thing, you know, oh, and, yeah. and marry a lady that can play piano, and yeah. we're going to just go across the country. And yeah. um, all that to say, the Lord continued to open doors and opportunities, and really, probably by the age of 27, 28, I confirmed a calling because it was almost like a natural, uh, organic type of calling where I just lived into it. So I, I actually became the worship pastor at the church where I currently serve back in 1986, between my junior and senior year of college. And, uh, and in 34 years, I've served as, as a worship pastor at three churches in the Nashville area, because I'm back at the one where I started back in 86. So it's great one of those things though, um, and I'm not going to get into the details because that's another story. But 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago now, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Yeah. And even though at one point in my mid-40s, I had to go on disability just to regain health. Um, the thing in my life that I probably missed the most was leading worship. Okay. Because I, and I define that as that deep-seated calling. It's almost this void that I experienced. So, Yeah. I lived into my calling, not a lightning bolt. Some people have the lightning bolt moments. For me, I lived into it. And I think that's, you know, for me anyway, it was a beautiful way to see God's uh, hand at work. You lived into it. You know, I've never known how to put it because I had the same experience, basically, and I never know, I've never known how to explain it. I, I think I'm going to borrow that. You lived Good. into it. I like that. That, that, that feels right to me. That, just, I don't know how to explain that to people, but you, you, you did a really good job helping me feel like I can relate to you. For me, and I won't, it's not my interview, and I won't, I won't take much time on it other than to say I can relate that I, too, did revivals. I, too, was, grew up in that generation and where a lot of that was happening, and I, too, was recognized for my talents and so invited mm -hmm. to different places. Got the same kind of, kind of story. But I can't tell you one day when I woke up and, and you know, and, Oh, okay. Supposed to be doing this for life. Yeah. All I knew is I was supposed to do ministry for life because I just, yeah. I just felt, I felt like God. That's what God gave me to do. But yeah. that happened over time. It didn't happen one day. Right. Right. Yeah. And I will just add one other component to that. After about ten years of being in worship ministry, I really sensed that I needed to seal what I call seal the deal with God. And it's not like I 
I was having this big conversation, but to me to seal the deal was to become ordained. And so I was ordained in early 2000 to, um, to really confirm. That to me is my true confirmation of the calling. And I think that that having- scriptural though, isn't it? I think that- I'm sorry? I, I think it is scriptural idea that, that elders and you know, people, anyway. That, that, That's right. That's right. And I can vividly remember that moment oh, when yeah. I knelt at that altar and had people, pastors, elders surrounding me, praying for me and, and God's hands. So anyway, I think for as listeners, as your listeners and my students think about where their journey might lead, if, if they're truly called into ministry, I do think taking the steps, because I see ordination too as an accountability to someone besides just myself and my relationship with God. It, yeah. it's, there's something beautiful there about being ordained. I don't hear anyone talking about this anymore, Sam. Hmm. I, I, can't believe, I can't remember the last conversation I've had or that I've initiated um, about ordination. But what a great topic. We need to bring that idea back because, you know, I think for a while the pendulum swung to, well, you don't need to be ordained of people you're ordained of God but what you just said is so important the accountability the confirmation from others that are walking with God yeah man yeah I really appreciate you bringing it up uh, I think that's something we need to emphasize more is that something that is that something you would teach in your classes too uh, uh, I, I, I really encourage that Yes, I encourage that because, uh, and, and actually one of our routes uh, for the BS in music and worship degree at Trebekah uh, also allows for a minor in religion that will give the um, educational credentials. So it fulfills the educational requirements to be ordained in the Church of the Nazarene. But most of the classes, as I found out from even other denominations, yeah. most of the classes are transferable yeah different different yeah a lot of different churches i think you know maybe you could take a moment or two or three to unpack for us a little bit more if you're talking to a student which you may very well be um or someone that may be in their mid-30s and they're, they're looking to go back to school you know um tell us why education mm. is is needed in, in our because you know there's there there's people out there that go, oh, you don't need that. Oh, I bet you have a different perspective on that. I and do. to be a minister of the gospel, yeah. that, that element of preparation, tell us about that. Well, I think one way I've, I put it to even prospective students, you know, 17, 18-year-olds, prospective students, but also this would be true for adults. And you expressed it even there in Huntsville. You know, three churches right now that needs someone to, to lead music. There's a huge difference in leading music and being a worship pastor and even being a worship leader. And I'm not, I don't want to try to define that. Different people define that thing different ways. However, I think personally, I think someone with a, the musical gift and stage presence, they can lead worship songs for a year, for two years in a local church, but for there to be longevity, for there to be a depth of who they are in their understanding of ministry and their application of that, I think they need education. I think college is a great source for that education. I'm not saying that's the only source, but I do think it's a great source because even our goal and hope is that we are equipping students 
to be prepared to serve in these worship ministry roles that churches have. Um, but I think if, if we are not educating ourselves on how to become better, having a deeper understanding theologically, okay, as well as the musical development, leadership skills. I okay. mean, think about it. I tell anybody this, 98 to 99% of any given church is volunteers. They're not hired. If the singer sounds terrible, you don't fire the singer. You might give a bless your heart, but you don't fire them. And <laughs> it's a whole different. So leadership uh, uh, being able to lead volunteers, yeah. that's a real thing. And yeah. sometimes artists can have a fun personality anyway. So sometimes we need those skills even a little bit more. Those types of things, uh, in addition to even what we're currently facing with the technology needs, uh, not that the worship pastor becomes the expert technology individual in the church, but you need to at least know how to speak the language Absolutely. with those who are streaming the service or who are preparing the presentations to make sure CCLI numbers are listed, whatever it might be. Yep. Um, yep. But I think what the education does is it brings anyone to that next level. That's why I love the name of your group, Next Level Worship, yeah. because yeah. it's a heart thing, but there's also something educationally about rising to that next level there has to uh, be. in preparation. There has to be, yeah. Uh, and, and there's also a push in some circles against the classical uh, approach, I think, to the bachelor of, uh, which infers a, a, a larger, more gen general education. But I'm a big fan of it, man. I, I think that, you know, even though I may never, well, like in, like in high school, I knew I never used algebra, uh, and not in a practical sense, because I, I, I can't stand math. No one wants to hire me to do anything with math. I knew that I'd never get a job based on math, but I still enjoy it. You know why? Because it stretched my mind and it made me think in ways I wasn't normally accustomed to. So I'd like to hear your perspective on, okay, look, you can go, you can go cherry pick a couple courses or you can really dive in and commit to the next three or four years of your life to really learning yeah. the broader scope. Why would one do that when they can just jump? I mean, there's needs all around for a worship leader. I can go get me a job right now. But why would I just go ahead and commit to what you guys offer at Trevecca, for example? I think I know the answer. I'd like to hear what you say. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in a liberal arts education. Liberal arts. That's just to develop the whole person. Dang. It is not a technical degree. Uh, and there are some wonderful technical schools that are out there. Uh, okay. If I was to learn auto mechanics, I know exactly where I would go here in Nashville. Phenomenal reputation. And it's, it's technical. There is a technical side to even worship leading when it comes to planning and some of the logistical sides of things. However, whether it's worship leading or being a school teacher or being a nurse or being a preacher or being, and you just fill in the blank, at a school like Trevecca that has a liberal arts education, the, what they refer to as the liberal arts or the general education courses, it, it, it develops you holistically. So that when all of a sudden you learn about, um, but when you sing the song, So Will I, 100,000, you know, billion times, yeah. when you sing that song, but one of the first lines is about the billions of galaxies. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, it's true. And some people choose not to believe it, but even having a, an understanding of science and where research is today, that, mm -hmm. that develops the whole person. 
it opens your mind to things that maybe you've never explored before. So that's why I think a liberal arts education. I love that. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as in this, in this term, when, when I'm listening to somebody teach, I, I, I don't have time to listen to everything they know. I'm not, I didn't sign up to hear everything they know, but you know what? I want to have a sense that, that they know more than they're sharing. I want to sense that there's a deeper well underneath them. Uh, if I'm going to follow a leader for any length of time in my life, I want to feel like that they have a broader scope on the thing than just how to, how to move that slide up and down on that soundboard. I, I want to feel like they know why they're moving the slide to start with. I feel like they know why, why we're in there to do this. I guess I think like that. I want a deeper well underneath me of people around me. Uh, Sam, we're never, we're never going to pull out or extract out of you all the knowledge you got in your head, but I want guys like you around me because I just feel like I'm enriched by you. And, uh, and, and, and I feel like as a leader, as a leader of other people, you, you need more than just the technical part. I think you need that holistic development like you just mentioned. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, I, I see guys skipping it and, and, I feel well, like it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't help us in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And, and for artists, I mean, I'm an artist. Even though I'm in education, I'm, I'm still an artist. Definitely. And for artists sometimes, to also have a bigger picture of the world around us for interpretation purposes, yeah. um, again, it's not just learning the vocal skills. It's not yeah. just being able to sing correctly at all times yeah. And that is what I do. And don't worry with anything else. You, you have to, and life is made up of relationships. Yeah. So to really, really be in relationship, you have to understand how to relate to others. And so by even hearing and seeing and experiencing, um, I don't know, I, to me, that's the beauty of uh, even being in a various or di diverse types of groups or, uh, you know, for myself, my doctorate, um, I, I chose to go to a school, a historically black college and university because uh, at the time I was teaching uh, in Metro public schools and, and the population represented Nashville's population. And I just, I wanted to soak myself into an environment, into a culture that's different than what I grew up with. So I think that, you know, that's part of what makes Sam Green. I Sam feel like Green. that is so wise, man. Well, uh, yeah, so that same well analogy for others really applies to me. I mean, it, it, you know, I want to be able to, there's times when I got to dig deep into, and, 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 and even in, when I'm trying to write a song or write a paper or write a book, uh, I, I got to make sure there's something underneath there. And just, just this morning, I got up with my Martha hat on. I was thinking, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And the Lord just reminded me, like, I'm so glad of his patience. He said, no, first of all, you need to be merry. <laughs> you need to listen, you know, and um, that's where the well comes from, right? It, it's, it's opening our eyes and our ears and being taught. And what you are bringing to us as an educator um, yeah, you're preparing us to, to lead others in worship because you're not only teaching technical skills, you're teaching how to be a whole person. And that's got to be brought into the picture for leading worship. I really believe that. So encouraging, man. Thank you. I didn't even know our conversation was going to go that way today, but that's good. See, this is what happens. Just get around. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, tell us, tell us what's going on with COVID, man. Uh, how, what are you thinking maybe happening no one really knows right now, right? No. We're at the beginning of July and already hearing my wife came came in from, well, 
walked into the room earlier today and said, oh, there's more cases and more cases. So we know it's changing. But what's, what, what, what are the educators thinking? And what are you guys planning to reopen? How are you doing that? You know, I think, uh, and I, this is a way I live out also uh, using the word context as it relates to churches. But for Trebekah's context, uh, first of all, I just have to brag on my university because they're being very cautious in making sure of the health and wellness of our staff that are currently working uh, yep. because we've been following the phases. We have, of course, an amazing plan that was put in place um, and, and uh, distributed, communicated with all staff and faculty members. Um, we are making some modifications to our schedule. We have, like many universities that are planning to meet face-to-face, -face, which we are, uh, we have moved up the start date by two weeks, and that will allow uh -huh, so mid-August. Okay. Mid-August, that's right. And we've seen other schools in the area and even around the country that are doing some similar sorts of, of date changes, uh, but also that will allow us to end before Thanksgiving. So when I say end, the semester itself will end uh, prior to Thanksgiving. And so there's some other um, changes that we're doing so that classroom space will be uh, appropriate for like a 50% occupancy. So uh, what I love that I learned recently is uh, Trebekah is putting cameras in every classroom so that all lectures, all sessions are able to be recorded, which that, you know, it's a big investment, a lot of time put into it installing is. all of that, but boy, that says a lot about what the universities. So, what do you mean? So, so someone doesn't feel comfortable coming, they can watch by recording. What, what do you? What's the thinking behind the recording? I, I I believe you're correct on that. I think if even for for instance, if someone is not feeling well, not necessarily even having COVID nineteen, but if there's any hesitancy, yeah. that that lesson will be recorded. Uh, we're also utilizing our platform. We refer it's called Blackboard, but we'll be using Blackboard. Blackboard. Yeah, for all assignments, for all, even uh, some lectures will be there. Some professors are doing flipped classes, which means they're doing a lot of their lectures by video. And then they're used, we're going to be using class time for really going deep. So rather than necessarily, some, when you might think back to college, you might think there was a lot of lectures that took place. Lectures are important but they're not maybe the most important thing, you know, to allow students to really have that group discussion. Um, we'll wow. be utilizing, uh, just like we're using Zoom today, we'll be utilizing probably Microsoft Teams. Yep. Uh, and within that, so professors right now are thinking creatively and making those plans on how we are going to give 100% educational experience but in a, if necessary, in somewhat of a modified way. Uh, we want to make sure that our students are getting that quality education. So to me, it's exciting because it helps me to think even out of the box. Uh, you know, oh, and I love that, really. Yeah. Just some, I, I, some guys are just nervous about it, but I love your heart. I mean, your, uh, yeah. your attitude is great. You know, it's just, I choose to be excited about it. I mean, it's yeah, just, I guess it's, that's life is filled with choices. So about, to me, I like that it will push me as a professor to also identify what are those key things, those key objectives that students really need to be able to take away from this course so that, as I said several minutes ago, so that they're being equipped. We want them right. equipped to serve the church. 
and to serve in ministry. So. Yeah, because in ministry, you got to be uh, very flexible. So this is a great testing ground for that. <laughs> it is. It is. We, you know, we, uh, we like it. We, we like the status quo, whether we like to admit it or not. We like some things to be familiar and like, like it was last year and the year before. Boy, nothing. I read yesterday or day before yesterday, someone said the greatest waste of my money this year was buying a 2020 calendar. I said, that's true. <laughs> it's just a waste of money, man. Make, we, uh, we are trying and we think we've got it worked out finally to go on a, a mission trip uh, out uh, to the Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was going to happen in June when we planned it last June, it was for this June. And then everything happened and changed it all. Uh, like with you guys who had to make changes, adjustments. So now we've moved it to August, but n- now because of the kind of uptick in things a little bit, we backed away from the tent revival we were going to do. Do you remember those old oh, fashioned yes. outdoor? Oh, yeah. They wanted to do that in angel fire, New Mexico. We went, okay. So we were going to do that, and we were going to do a backyard Bible clubs. Uh, you say, what does that have to do with worship? Don't even get me started. I'll, right. You know, come on, come on. We're sharing Jesus with people. Right? That, that's worship. But uh, no, that's not going to be able to happen now. So what we're going to do out there, we're going to go do pastor leader training for the pastors and worship leaders and yeah. uh, try to get ready for something next year. So you just got to adapt, right? You, yeah, you do. And, and I think the one beautiful thing, Dwayne, is everyone really around the globe is adapting. Yeah. And, and I, I wish, and I, I know everybody wishes, there was just, okay, give me this little panacea. What's the cure-all? I just want, give me that one thing. And we're all feeling our way through this right now. And it's no different than some churches that are meeting now face-to-face in a smaller uh, you know, population, in a sense, or some churches who are still choosing to only stream their services online. I think yeah. it, it, at the heart of that, it goes back to the context and to that local congregation. So okay. like for the Tribeca students, we announced pretty early on, we have every intention of having face-to-face classes resume and, um, and by also maybe stopping earlier in the semester than we typically do in like mid-December, it could help alleviate any issues that might be going on in the country or in the area due to COVID-19 at that Good. time. You're, it's all you can do is think ahead and try to navigate best we can, you know, yeah. Yeah. pray for discernment and wisdom. And uh, so one more question uh, that comes to my mind, and that's just, you know, how do you encourage a worship leader? Uh, I'm sure you got them around you. Uh, you, you. You work with them all the time. That That's just struggling. You know, pastors, man, are struggling to, how do they connect with their teams? How do they, how do they encourage their teams? Uh, we're, we're actually writing a new e- ebook and uh, just on how to lead worship online because all that's so different. But when you're bombarded with so many challenges, having to learn more tech stuff right now, having to just to learn how to be online and do that well, end of the day, what do you say to a guy or a girl that's just like worn out by all this? Uh, I'd love to, you know, if I was just sitting here and needing your counsel, which I might, uh, what would you share with me? And what would you share with a person to encourage them about? That? I think personally, I think that, well, it's like we had a staff meeting this morning. Okay. My church staff meets every Monday morning. Oh. And we went around the table and actually asked those questions. What are the good things that came out have, that have, have come out of the pandemic? And what are the challenges that we feel have come out of the pandemic? Okay. And I think it, my senior pastor kind of summed it up best when he's like, you know, we have done a really good job of being true to who we are as ourselves, as a church. 
I think recognizing the, the community, knowing the culture of the community. When I say community, I mean right now the church community, but also the surrounding community. Uh, you know, obviously our food pantry is busier now than it ever has been. Yeah. Uh, we find people also who are in need. Uh, we, we talked about it today. In, in, the, in the community, they're not really part of the church, although some of them come to the church occasionally, but needing to use our showers. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we're making those things available to people because we want to be in the hands and feet of Jesus. And we want to, to serve in what ways that we can to help people out. As far as for worship pastors, I think, I think um, if we're not careful, looking at Church B could uh, create a sense of, well, we're just not doing things right. And to me, you don't define right by... Uh, maybe the cool factor that this church does production wise mm. or like in our case, my, my senior pastor, which I always consider the pastor, the shepherd of the church. If you have more than one shepherd, the sheep don't know who to follow. I so, agree. you know, I, I totally respect my pastor. Uh, but the decision was made at the beginning. We're going to do live stream. We're not going to do pre-recorded. Well, but see, that's true for our context because that's part of what makes up our culture. And oh, okay. so, well, uh, you know, because I was even saying, well, we could do a better job. I mean, the mix would be better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can the camera angles would be better. And so for Sam, I respect very much my colleagues out there that are doing these very polished uh, performance type songs, uh, engaging, yes, but it's a little bit more performance because you know you've got multi camera. Yeah, you got it. And, yeah, yeah. and that's great. But again, we have to look at our context you and do. for our context so and for, our, for the direction of our church. So I think, I think what I would say to brothers and sisters out there who are serving week after week, truly be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and talk to your senior pastor and allow there to be creative movements within however you're doing your service. Uh, I think I, I, well, I know I do. I see this and we have seen this as our own church anyway, as a time to experiment to change things up. You know, we were, to be honest, we're, we're a decent sized church, uh, but we were not streaming before this because yeah. it was not felt like people could really be engaged. Mm -hmm. And I know you have the heart for Africa. Yeah. My pastor also has a heart for Africa. We as a church go every two years oh. and we're actually, they were supposed to be there right this moment. They were supposed to be on a 17 day, I think it was thing. So, and that was just heartbreaking when that had to be postponed on next year. But all that to say, once he even mentioned it this morning, when one of his brothers in Africa emailed him yesterday, said, oh, pastor, thank you for the service. Mm. It's just, we know now the church, our local church is more global than we could have ever imagined. Amen. So that's a blessing that has that come out of it, at least for our context. So. Well, let me tell you too, Tang, that is gleaned from what you said. Okay. First of all, let's reiterate to everybody listening and all of us, don't compare yourself to everybody else. Do the context that works for you and follow your pastor. And don't worry about it if it doesn't look as polished as the guy down, uh, you know, that, that, that you're watching. Okay, so that's the first thing. I, I love that. And the second thing is you didn't mention it because you didn't think about it. But this guy's heart and his attitude and his humility, we need to learn from that. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to listeners now. Sam, close your ears. I want to get you a big head. And, but it is humility and, and his heart. Everything we brought up, he's been positive about. Did you catch that? Catch that? That is what we all need to be because our God is still in charge. 
and uh, we don't have to be freaking out about it. Uh, and, and, and so thank you, man. What an inspiration this has been. Really mean that. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've loved the conversation. I love you. Love what you're doing, Dwayne. Uh, it's, it's awesome to, to have known you now these, what, two and a half years, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and seeing you at work, seeing your heart at work. So blessings on you and your ministry and all the people that, that you have a touch on because I know they're all around the world. Oh, man. Uh, it's an honor. I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't see myself doing this, you know, five, ten years ago. But, but hey, okay, here we are. So sometimes the dream feels more like a nightmare. Those are, there are days like that, right? You know, but mostly we're living a dream, man. We're blessed. God is good. so good. Got us again. Hey, let me pray for Sam and uh, all our listeners out there. Um, I think I've already prayed. Actually, I'm going to ask Sam to pray, but uh, I won't ask the listeners to pray for Sam. How about that? I've already prayed. Uh, but uh, Sam, man, thank you so much for the time today. But would you actually pray over the listeners and uh, we'll reciprocate and, and we'll pray for you as you're praying for us. But man, uh, blessings on your reopening at Trebekah. Um, we pray for the students that they all come back and, and more uh, that you have a, an incredible fruit from all the labor you've put into this. And there's got his hand of favors just obviously on you guys. That's what I'm praying for. But would you pray for us and our listeners? I'd love to. Father, we come to you in humility and thanksgiving for who you are. And Lord, we thank you that our trust and our hope is put in you today. Whatever the individual circumstances are of anyone who hears this prayer, I just pray that you will be at work in their lives. I pray that you will give wisdom and discernment where that is needed. Lord, I pray that you will give peace and comfort for those who might be mentally anguished or stressed out for whatever reason. Lord, I pray for those that are listening that may have lost a job during this season. Uh, who are, or who may be on furlough and wondering about the future. Lord, I just pray that you will open doors that could not be opened without your hand and let us all trust in you for the future. You are a God that, that loves his creation. And we, Lord, as your creation, love you. And we worship you. We glorify you for who you are. Yeah. Father, I pray for those who are currently experiencing uh, the coronavirus. I pray for yep. health and yep. restoration for them. I yep. pray, Lord, that you would allow and, and do a miracle in, in uh, your people around the globe, that fewer people would be infected, that we would get a, a, um, a vaccine sooner, much better and quicker than later. Lord, yeah. let there be confidence restored around the globe in our health. And also I pray, Lord, today for our health professionals. Give them a spirit of perseverance. Give them good mental health as well as good physical health. Yeah. Father, thank you for Dwayne. Thank you for his ministry. I pray you'll continue to bless him, go before him and yeah. guide and direct his path. And we'll yeah. give you praise, Lord, for who you are today and every day in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Sam, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, and thank, listen, you. thank you guys for listening. Uh, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Sam, how can they get in touch with you? Is there, um, you want us to reach out to us and we refer to you, but if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how does that happen? That would be fine. Or I have a pretty simple email address. It's okay. just email me directly. It's just S green spelled like the color. Uh, green at Treveca, T-R-E-V as in Victor, E-C-C-A 
trebeca.edu. So sgreen at trebeca.edu. And uh, let me just quickly put a plug in. We offer a master's in worship and leadership as yeah. well as a master's in worship and business administration. And this is for that practitioner who's out there right now looking at maybe options for the future. Uh, it would prepare yeah. you to teach at the college level um, by, by getting that master's degree. So love to love to talk to some of you. Well, not only is, uh, you know, because I don't, I don't know him personally, but I've heard good things about Tim, uh, your brother. Uh, he's been there for a long time. And, <laughs> but listen, you got Dr. Vernon Whaley there now. And uh, you got, you know, got Sam and Tim and Dr. Vernon, you got some really quality people uh, at, at Trevecca. So, yeah, I would highly recommend you guys checking it out. In fact, we'll put a link to Trevecca on our website with this. Okay. Uh, thanks, Sam. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Thank you.